We got Matthew Ray of Sports Illustrated and SI All-American covers the Tennessee Vols. And pretty much any time I see a Tennessee in the race for a recruit, maybe like an edit or a, a finalist or cutting down his list, they always tag Matt in their post. They because he's one of their guys that that he's constantly digging for information. Go find all of Matt's work there at Sports Illustrated if you're not already. We're going to go on a deep dive here of Tennessee's signing class and preview the upcoming Music City Bowl against Purdue. So let's kick it over to our interview. All right, well, we're pleased now to be joined by Matt Ray, who works for Sports Illustrated covering Tennessee and Tennessee recruiting for the SI All-American. You can give him a follow at Matt Ray SI. Matt, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Hey, Mike, I'm glad to be with you. I appreciate the invite and excited to talk with you here. Yeah, so, you know, the reason I reached out to you because I've been following you for a long time and you really are one of the best out there covering Tennessee and Tennessee recruiting. Uh, I mean, you're all over it. Uh, it seems like anytime there's a commitment or a decommitment or an update, uh, these players are tagging you on their uh, on their stories there. So uh, I really appreciate you taking some time and uh, you know, that's what we're going to focus on with just the, the early signing period just happened, of course. And uh, so I just really wanted to get your thoughts on the the overall job that Josh Heupel and his coaching staff did with this recruiting class, uh, given the fact that, uh, you know, for most of their tenure, they've had to, uh, potential NCAA issues looming over them. Yet here we sit and they've got uh, a consensus top 20 class. Uh, what are your thoughts on on this signing class by Tennessee? Yeah, I think first and foremost, just the ability for Josh Hopple to come in behind on so many guys in state that were looking to push towards a decision early on and having to try to build those relationships initially, see who he could make a push for and and then try to, you know, get a staff in around him, readjust and and rebuild a recruiting board was just a tremendous task right away. Um and, and some of those in-state guys did not want to slow down and commit or even take another look at Tennessee for that matter. And that makes it hard because Josh Hopple talked about recruiting the in-state and wanting to, you know, build a board around Tennessee more or less. But for what he was able to do in year one by getting a guy like Elijah Herring and Cameron Miller in early, two guys that are greatly respected by their peers in-state, both play – on the Tennessee Select 7-on-7, seven seven, which we see every single year, have the best players in the state of Tennessee on it during that 7-on-7 seven seven circuit. You know, get those two guys in to lay a little bit of a foundation moving forward into 2023. Um, that, that was a really good start for him, I felt like. Then you talk to guys over the summer when official visits finally open back up, they can get to campus. And there was hesitation, like you said, over that looming investigation. I think Tennessee did some things really well there. They had, um, you know, player recruit meetings where they kind of had players come in and, and do a panel where recruits could ask questions, uh, get answers about what the new coaching staff was like, what they had seen from the previous coaching staff. Was the culture really changing like these coaches said? And, and Tennessee's coaches left the room and and let it be amongst the players. And there was a lot of genuine conversation had there. And I think that led to some of that early success you saw in June carrying forward into August into the Addison Nichols commitment there. But then 
it kind of slowed down for Tennessee. Everybody kind of started to wonder, well, where is this going with Josh Heupel? They're in on a handful of guys, but where's the traction? And quietly behind the team, behind the scenes, Tennessee worked, 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 and were able to win some big time recruiting battles. I mean, started with Joshua Josephs. Uh, the edge from North Cobb, a guy that this staff believes has tremendous potential, can be a first-round guy for them off the edge as he continues to develop into his frame. And when they started getting those commitments, it started to carry over. They didn't have a lot of trouble holding on to some of their other commitments. And then they finished on signing day with Justin Williams, James Pierce, and Tyree West. That's three big recruiting wins in you know, hotbed areas in South Georgia, Atlanta, and Charlotte that Tennessee needed to to make inroads into. And I don't think a lot of people would have expected Josh Hopple and company to be able to do that in year one. Now, overall, I think it was a very good signing class from top to bottom for Tennessee. I think they got faster at the skill. I think they got stronger and longer uh, at the in the defensive backfield, I think they added some athleticism up front and they added a couple of running backs that are dynamic uh, to go along with Taven Jackson and those four receivers that can really do a lot of things uh, in this offense. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, West there, Tyree West, the four-star defensive lineman they signed, Justin Williams, the uh, four-star running back, and James Pierce, uh, the guy out of North Carolina you mentioned there that is a, a four-star pass rusher. You know, how important were those pickups for the Tennessee Vols during the first day of the early signing period to to really push this team up the class rankings? Yeah, those were big pickups. So you start with Justin Williams. He got the news going early on and I enjoyed Justin's recruitment. Worked worked a lot with Justin. He worked a lot with me. And, you know, he didn't tell a staff coming into that decision which way he was going. He he official he officially visited Tennessee the weekend before, um, talked to him after that, but he he was not going to tell a staff. He was going to leave at least a little bit of speculation out there on where he was going, and, and, and he enjoyed that part of the process. But that was a big win for Tennessee. That was a guy that can do a lot of things in their backfield, high IQ on and off the field. Uh, greater than a 4.0 GPA at East Paulding, a third in his class, pushing, you know, to, in the valedictorian, salutatorian range there. So just a guy that's well-rounded in, in all facets that Tennessee's really excited to have. And I think when you look at this, the part of the state that Justin Williams lives in, in Georgia, that's a, you know, that's a normal recruiting ground for Auburn. You've got Cadillac Williams in. He he really liked Auburn. He had waited for that Auburn offer for a long time, had heard from that staff consistently, but they chose to slow play him a little bit. And ultimately, when Tennessee offered, they never relented. And, and credit Jerry Mack there for being able to push Tennessee to the finish line with Justin Williams because he he had kind of made his mind up uh, coming out of a couple of back-to-back visits there that Tennessee was the place for him, his family. The staff spent time with him you know, before the game, after the game, uh, come over, spoke to him at halftime uh, of the game that they really impressed him the most on. That stood out to him and his family. Um, but when Auburn offered, it, it definitely gave him something to think about. He'd been waiting for that for a while. So anytime that you can go into that area, beat out Auburn for a running back target that they want, that, that's a big win in my opinion. Uh, so, you know, again, credit to Jerry Mack there. And then Tyree West was next. And, and I think it, I think for Tennessee fans, they they got something that they have been hoping for from the start of this recruiting class, they wanted a 
high-profile defensive lineman. They wanted Rodney. They wanted that Rodney Garner recruit, you know, and and that's what Tyree West was. Tennessee was, you know, they had continued communication with West for a while, but they hadn't been involved in that recruitment for a long time. Uh, and then Rodney Garner comes in late. Florida State seemingly has all of the momentum because West was not going to end up in Georgia's class um, on on signing day regardless. Um, Florida State had all the momentum, had a lot of ties um, to him in South Georgia, and, and Rodney Garner gets him up on the final weekend and is able to steal that momentum and, and get the signature across. Another big win for Tennessee. He's a guy who I think has a lot of potential as a pass rusher can continue to develop in his frame. Probably needs to add uh, some good weight. Uh, But from inside-out standpoint with his athleticism, he's definitely going to help this Tennessee defensive line, a guy that this staff is excited about. Um, And then James Pierce, a longtime target, a guy that just really hasn't said a lot on the recruiting front in general, didn't didn't take an official visit to Tennessee, really didn't take an official visit to any of his final contenders with Georgia and Ole Miss being the primary competition there down the stretch. But, you know, credit Mike Eckler in this one out to Charlotte multiple times during the contact period when, you know, when they could see him. Uh, the Tennessee staff was out to Charlotte within the contact period um, to see him continued to recruit him all the way up to the finish and was able to get him to sign during the early signing period. Another guy that just from hearing this staff talk and, and talk behind the scenes, they feel like is a freakish pass rusher because of how he can bend, how he moves, and what he can do from a backside pursuit approach. Just t- elite top end speed for his six foot five, 220 pound frame. Um, and, and an area that Tennessee needed to get back into. It's an area that when you look at Jeremy Pruitt's tenure, they fought very hard to get back into. They were able to land Quavaris Crouch out of Charlotte um, mm-hmm. in in that first full recruiting cycle, but they really fought to get back in that area and didn't win a lot of those battles. But Tennessee picked James Pierce's their battle there this year, was able to win that. Th- just three big signatures, I think, for Tennessee in terms of guys that are immediate impact players. I think each year at signing day, you can look and see guys in each class. Yeah, maybe you landed them early, but I think in most classes, you'll see a guy or two that you sign that has that early impact potential. And I think for Tennessee, Williams and Pierce both have it. And we'll see how um, early enrolling helps Tyree West in terms of filling out his frame. And if he can, you know, Feel like his frame get the body SEC ready, but from an athleticism standpoint, he could help Tennessee early on as well. Now you mentioned the in-state recruiting. Obviously, the, the Vols like the two players they signed from uh, inside the the borders there. But you know, considering there's several five stars in state, and they're they're all playing in the SEC, and none of them playing at, at Tennessee now. You know, I think that's the the one gripe I, Tennessee fans can have with this class. What's your confidence level that uh, Josh Heupel and company will be able to, um, you know, recruit the state of Tennessee a little bit better? And why do you think uh, was it just so much that that a lot of these guys wanted to to recruit early and and uh, they were it was just would have been incredibly difficult for Tennessee to to win a lot of these recruiting battles given the timelines for some of these decisions. Yeah, you know, I think when you I think when you look in state. I think you start with Ty Simpson, obviously the five-star quarterback, uh, highest-rated uh, quarterback in the 
I guess the modern day recruiting with five with with star rankings. Uh, it started with him, and he had just announced, you know, his decision timeline uh, around the time that all of the shuffle went on with Jeremy Pruitt being fired, Josh Heupel coming in, um, and Tennessee did a good job of, you know, getting Ty Simpson on the phone, communicating with him, trying to make a push. Um, but it, it just wasn't enough. Ultimately, at the end of the day, he, he chose to decide between Alabama and Clemson, and he didn't slow down. And, and I think for me, that's a big reason that Tennessee had a little bit of a harder time in state this year. Um, that was the initial guy that kind of, you know, broke the mold, went outside the state, and then he very well respected among his peers. Another guy, like I said, that, that Tennessee Select seven-on-seven seven team is is one of the premier teams nationally. They go across the country and compete. He's the quarterback of that team. He had a good relationship with Dallin Hayden, had a good relationship with a lot of those guys on there that you saw slip out of state um, and and make, you know, decisions to go elsewhere. Um, Tennessee, they recruited the Wade Twins, um, but – that ultimately didn't come to the finish line. I don't think Tennessee felt that they wanted Destin Wade as a quarterback. And ultimately, when you look at what he has done in his career as a quarterback at Summit High School, 15-0 and last year, went 14-1 and this year, he felt like he had a right to be a quarterback. And Kentucky recruited him as a quarterback, and those two guys were a package deal. Uh, so that, that makes it hard to overcome. But, yeah, Tennessee lost some, you know, tough – Tough guys, uh, some some great players in state this year, and tough recruiting battles. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think Tennessee did enough in state with the way that they handled the contact period, the way that they were able to get guys in and show them that you know they're going to be a priority moving forward. This isn't just talk. Um, and, and I think Tennessee will ultimately be able to recruit the state better in the coming years. And I think again, going back to Elijah Herring. Um, I think it starts in 2023 with his brother, Caleb, right now. Wherever you look, he's the top player in the state. Uh, obviously, that's a very close-knit family. Uh, and anytime you have a recruit like uh, Elijah committed, if you go in home with him, you know, by um, – it's kind of, I guess, grandfathered in. is You can still <laughs> actually talk to a younger recruit because you're – you're in home with them. So there's no, uh, no way the NCAA can, you know, really penalize you for that. So Tennessee had a chance to go in home with Elijah Herring. Caleb Harry uh, is obviously there to see the conversation, hear the conversation, Tennessee staff able to communicate with him. He comes out for the visits with his brother. You have to imagine he'll come out to move in day with his brother. So all those opportunities for Tennessee to start with the guy – to get a good jump start with a guy that's going to be the big fish in 2023, I think it's very important for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think that's going to be the guy to watch in terms of how Tennessee fares in 2023 in-state. And, again, Tennessee's only improving from top to bottom uh, in-state uh, in, in terms of how much true top-end talent they are producing. You know, in years past, we've seen some guys – you'll be ranked as a four-star, but maybe they don't end up at a school that suggests that they were, you know. But I think that at the end of the day, Tennessee from top to bottom in the Nashville area, in the Memphis area, are continuing to grow and uh, produce more top, more true top-end talent. Uh, obviously, you know, 
I think the battle that everybody focused on for months was Walter Nolan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't you can't really touch on in-state recruiting without touching on Walter Nolan. Obviously, he was a national recruit when he came to Powell High School and had been for some time. He had been at Olive Branch in Mississippi, which is a football factory. He had been to IMG over the summer, came back to St. Benedict at Auburndale and then to Powell. So he had been all over the country and had seen, you know, a lot of different schools. But again, that was just a heavyweight recruiting battle. Uh, I was involved in that recruitment for a while in terms of following and I was the, you know, the point person at SI for the longest time there. And Tennessee got really, really close on Walter Nolan a couple of times. And that family pulled back, geared back and wanted to, you know, see all the options out there. And at the end of the day, they felt like Texas A&M was the best fit for them. But in September, when we started filming um, Walter's commitment video with him, he he was really down to four schools at the time. It was Florida, Georgia, Texas A&M, and Tennessee. And we started on a Thursday night. And coming into Sunday, it looked like the Vols were – he was going to pull the trigger to the Vols by some point on midday on Sunday. Uh, but then that never came to fruition. They slowed, de- slowed things back down. And Tennessee had momentum a time or two. It felt like Florida grabbed momentum back at one point, but ultimately Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M were able to win out. So, I mean, a a true roller coaster recruitment uh, for Walter Nolan there. If you had to uh, highlight one signee, maybe two, that you think will make the biggest impact for Tennessee on the field next season, uh, who's that guy for you? I'm going to take James Pierce and Desmond Williams. I I, I think Justin Williams is going to get a a handful of touches next year too. I think he'll see his work. I think he'll see a decent workload next year as well. But for me, it'd be James Pierce and Desmond Williams. Again, I've already touched on Pierce, just what he can do um, from a, just a true athleticism standpoint on that edge, uh, able to drop into coverage, able to do so many things. I think Tennessee will find a way to get him onto the field, especially in pass rush situations. And then Tennessee needed to add an impact corner and with Alante Taylor leaving and the mm-hmm. secondary going to going to shuffle around. And I think Desmond Williams, a guy that has, you know, really good ball skills, has a nose for being around the football. And I think he's a guy that can step in there and compete right away at one of the corner spots, whether that is playing in a nickel. He's a, he's a little bit of a smaller guy at, at 5'11", you know, 185, 190. But maybe he plays in over the nickel and that allows – someone else to kick out to the edge or if he's on the edge even but I think I think he's a guy that gives Tennessee a lot of options now in the in the defensive secondary I think he'll make an impact and see plenty of playing time for Tennessee as well is there a position group that uh, you you think Tennessee still needs to address whether it's in the uh, you know the traditional signing period here in in February national signing day or via the transfer portal uh, before next season rolls around? Is there is there one position group that stands out? I think still the defensive line is probably the position group that stands out. I think you got two athletic guys in Tyree West and Jordan Phillips, but they're true freshmen and you don't you don't want to go into an SEC schedule in year two in a season that you can make a big jump relying on you know two true freshmen to have to make plays for you down the stretch I think Tennessee would like to probably find a veteran guy there again in the transfer portal maybe they move some guys around 
on their defensive front. You know, you could see a guy like maybe Tyler Barron shifting more inside into a different technique other than that stand-up edge roll if he's able to add a little bit of weight. But I think the defensive line still a position that Tennessee probably will try to address in the transfer portal if the right guys out there. They're recruiting a mod Moten out of uh, Cardinal Gibbons in South Florida. But again, he's a 2022 guy and and he looks like he has a tremendous amount of upside, but also needs to be developed in terms of, of making an impact at an SEC level. So he's the guy that Tennessee's going to push for, but a lot of other schools are going to push for. And then they're obviously involved with Jared first the Albany transfer who mm-hmm. I believe probably has every offer in the country right now it seems <laughs> like I mean uh, talked with him after his Tennessee visit he had taken I think five or six visits in in a seven day span and in the three or four days leading up to that he's only been in the transfer portal roughly 10 days he um he had um four or five different coaches out to see him so he's a guy that you know, when I talked to him, he wanted to slow things down, try to make a decision by Christmas. Well, now he's had six more offers come in since that final day that he visited Tennessee right before the contact period closed. So he's trying he, – he didn't have a recruitment the first time around. You know, he mm-hmm. signed with Albany, and that was, that was it. And he's trying to enjoy the recruiting process. He's, he's trying, I'm not going to say enjoy it, but he's trying to at least experience it. it it's tough to enjoy it sometimes – when it's like that, you know, with with coaches constantly calling, but but he he's trying to experience the process. He's trying to listen to what every school says, even though he can't visit. He's going to try to see you know virtual tours, FaceTime with coaches, and and continuing to receive offers. USC, Oklahoma, Miami have all came in in recent days, so he has a lot to weigh out. But Tennessee got the last crack at him there with an. We were one of the longer visits that he was able to take. He came away impressed with what Rodney Garner had to offer. So he's a guy that, you know, I think they could make a real push for in terms of bringing in as a transfer um, to solidify that that front and allow some flexibility to maybe move a guy like Tyler Barron or to maybe move somebody else, you know, to more of a, a, a down lineman role. We'll see what happens there, but – uh, I think defensive line for me is probably the position that Tennessee needs to add uh, in in the late signing period. And then I think everybody else that you can find is just a, a bonus. I think they could, you know, target the secondary as well and probably add another body there. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I think there's still some decisions to be made on all fronts as they're continuing to evaluate every angle. I think the good thing for Tennessee is that with 20 signees and – being able to hold on to all of the guys that they had committed and that they wanted in this class and to, you know, add those three pivotal pieces on signing day, it allows mm-hmm. them to kind of fresh start, reset, and, you know, see where they really need to distribute their time. Because I think at last count, it's 12 or 13 of the early signees are going to be here you know, for ball practice. So you don't really have to worry about these guys pretty soon. You're going to have them on campus and, and have them working with you. So Tennessee is going to be able to push forward and evaluate talent. And that's something that this staff, you know, feels strongly about is their ability to evaluate talent. So it's going to be interesting to see who they discover going into February. All right, Matt, last thing for you. I really appreciate all your time, but 
hey, we get all this thrown on us with the, with the coaching carousel and the recruiting, and then here we turn around. We got we still got bowl game to play. So I just <laughs> yeah. wanted to get your quick thoughts on the, the Music City Bowl matchup against Purdue. How does uh, Tennessee match up, and uh, do you think the Vols can get a win there? Yeah, that's. I, I think that's a good matchup for Tennessee. Uh, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good game overall, back and forth. I don't think this, and I may be completely wrong, but I don't think this is going to be the typical, you know, SEC Big Ten ball where you see the SEC <laughs> run away from it. I think, I think Purdue. I think Purdue is a, a well-rounded team. Now they did lose, obviously, George Karloftis and David Bell, who will not play. And I think that's pretty significant when you look at what both of those guys have done in terms of production for them. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Carl Loftus has been just outstanding in his career at Purdue. He's going to be a first-round guy in April when the draft comes. And then David Bell, I mean, his I, he, he had almost more catches by himself than Tennessee's top three receivers combined. So he was the true number one there. Uh, and a guy that is accounts for a bulk of their offensive production. So that certainly is, is a hit to Purdue. But I think you, know, you give Jeff Brom some time to scheme. I think it'll be a chess match back and forth early between him and Josh Heupel. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be an exciting game. I do think Tennessee can win that ball, you know, win that ball game. Uh, at the end of the day, I think they have the offensive firepower, um, you know, not really suffering, you know, many opt-outs right now, obviously waiting on, on Cade Mays' decision, you know, to see what he's going to do. But right now, Abonte Taylor, the only opt-out, having been at practice this week, Tennessee uh, is relatively healthy. Um, you know, so I, I think I think you should see Tennessee score some points against Purdue and, and, and a very good Purdue team. I think it's a good measuring stick for Tennessee going into next season. You know, they beat number two. Iowa at the time, I want to say Michigan State was number three or four at the time that they beat them. So you know, have, they have some quality wins. So this is going to be a good test for Tennessee, but I do think Tennessee can win this ball game uh, if they can score some points early, which has been the trend under Josh Hobbles. What he's done in the first quarter has been, wow. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Well, hey, so he's Matt Ray. Got to give him a follow at Matt Ray SI. Works for Sports Illustrated covering Tennessee and Tennessee recruiting for SI All-American. Matt, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, Mike, I enjoyed it anytime. All right, so just want to say thanks, Matt, for joining the show. Once again, give him a follow, at Matt Ray SI on the Twitter machine. Really outstanding stuff. Really appreciate him. First time he has been on the show. 